Hi everyone, and welcome to this new episode of the Maze Podcast. I'm your host, Marco Macente, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Our stop today is the United Kingdom with a special guest, Lucy Chamberlain. Passionate, fun, and straight-talking, Lucy has become one of the business world's most popular female founders and motivational speakers. She worked as a TV presenter, award-judged, and award-winning speaker. With over 20 years leading recruitment industry experience, Lucy founded CNC Search to redefine and elevate both the client and candidate's recruitment experience. She is driven by impact and transformation. In April 2020, Lucy launched the CNC Academy, a global training platform specializing in offering CPD certified qualifications as well as bespoke in-house training and keynote speeches for a wide variety of businesses. Alongside her fantastic knowledge base, Lucy's level of experience enables her to give genuine insights into leadership, change and overcoming adversity. We're going to speak about the imposter syndrome and how we can unleash our potential through a journey that Lucy will describe to us. Thanks, and please enjoy our conversation. Hi, Lucy. How are you? Welcome to the Maze Podcast. I'm so happy to see you here. Hi, Marco. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, Lucy, and I was looking forward to this interaction. So, Lucy, I have already shared with the audience a little bit of your background and a little bit of your experience, and you are one of the most respected leader instructor within the industry, teaching, teaching not only admin professionals, but also executives and leaders how they can perform as best as they can. One of the topics that you've seen most and that is very requested from our last conversation is the topic of of the imposter syndrome, which is not uncommon, it is not about genders, and is not about roles, as these can affect everyone in the workplace. Uh, would you share with us some data and what you've seen in these last years? Which is the trend, and are there some connection with the pandemic, in your opinion? So we know that, and certainly everybody that I work with, generally, even whether it's from candidates that I'm interviewing through to large corporations that I'm going in and working with a board with, that imposter syndrome is something that impacts all of us in the vast majority. So it's it's not just men, it's not just women, but about 77% of all executive females cite imposter syndrome being one of the most limiting factors in their career. We know that over 50% of men in recent studies have also shared that in their careers, imposter syndrome has been something that has felt like a limiting factor. So we know it's a huge issue. Yeah. Really and truly, we all have one of those negative voices unless you are a sociopath or a psychopath, or you have Machiavellian tendencies, we know that it tends to be something we all experience. And it really limits us from reaching our full potential. And it means that we have that kind of committee in our head that's running the show that tells us we're not enough, that we don't deserve to be there, that we don't deserve to have the nice things, that we don't deserve to be heard, that we don't deserve to hold boundaries. And so the results of that imposter syndrome can be really far reaching and incredibly yeah. um, damaging to our ability to fulfill our true potential. 
Yeah, so that's interesting because uh, that's uh, um, something that I got my um, um, uh, curiosity when we spoke last time. And uh, it's uh, very uh, interesting to see that uh, pretty much uh, it is affecting uh, um, everybody uh, in every industry in different roles. So it's not uh, specific or related to some to certain roles or a specific industry. So uh, it's very it's very actual, right? Speaking about the imposter syndrome. Do you think that there is a connection with the pandemic, or do you think that the pandemic uh, um, has driven a little bit this uh, phenomenon that we are seeing, or do you think maybe that there is another trend now uh, that is going on? Well, in terms of imposter syndrome, we know that we live in a compare and despair culture. Yeah. We all suffer from comparisonitis because we're all so busy comparing everyone's shiny curated outsides, which don't really exist, whether it's on LinkedIn or it's on Instagram. This isn't the reality of what the human behind it is really experiencing. Yeah. But as we compare that to our what's going on in our insides, we make it mean that we're not enough, that we are not performing enough, that our house isn't good enough, that our careers aren't seen enough, that we're not high profile enough, et cetera, et cetera. And so our imposter voice gets louder. Now, what happened in the pandemic and with isolation, uh, we know that uh, particularly our teenagers are suffering hugely. We also know mm. even babies, you know, not being socialized during that period have had a big impact. So in any way that we feel more isolated, those ants, as they call them, automatic negative thoughts are likely to be louder yeah. because we are meant for connection. We're not meant to be sat in our homes for nearly two years, of course, um, isolating. And uh, no one wants to spend that much time in their own head, generally speaking. So it, um, it, it will have amplified it in some way, I'm sure, but I'm not quite sure where there's any data to back that up yet. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks a lot. It is interesting. And uh, now, thinking about the imposter syndrome, we know that this uh, has to do with the self-awareness and self-confidence. And, and you mentioned that, right? Um, mm. Uh, so, uh, imposter syndrome is refraining individuals to shine and uh, to be the best they can be. What is, in your opinion, the driving factor that can help these individuals uh, to move forward? Yeah, well, let's let's just take a one quick step back before we look at how we can work with imposter syndrome. Yeah, and in order that we can fulfill our truest possible potential. Yeah, and really block that. So, what is imposter syndrome? Well, it sounds like those voices that say you're stupid or you're fat, or you're not attractive, or you're unlovable. These are some of the most common voices um, that the imposter syndrome amplifies, or the most common sort of phrases and things like that. So, and I'm sure that a lot of your listeners would have had those thoughts. And what happens is, is perhaps if we've had a really critical parent or teacher or partner or significant life events that have made us feel that we might be those things at times, and by the way, Painful thoughts are rarely true, that's for sure. But if we've had those thoughts, what tends to happen is we then go through life looking for evidence that we might be those things without consciously realizing it. Which, so for example, if, I, if I'm in a meeting and I've just started a new job or I'm hoping to get a promotion and perhaps I'm in a, I'm in a new room with new people and I'm thinking about sharing an idea in that meeting. And all of a sudden, that little voice pops up in my mind, that automatic negative voice, the imposter syndrome. Um, and I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but I call it the, <laughs> shitty, the shitty committee. You know, <laughs> the committee in my brain that's not helping yeah. me whatsoever. 
Um, and what happens is then is I don't share my idea because in my voice, that voice is going, you're stupid. Don't forget yeah. Like sounds stupid don't say that thing because what if they think you're an idiot what if you never get promoted after you shared that idea just stay quiet and then we limit our ability to shine and share and connect and so what happens is is those little voices become in charge rather than our potential leading the way so what we want to understand is how do we move from the shitty committee to being in charge to having a bunch of cheerleaders in charge, which is yeah. what we want. Yeah. And so to do that, there's a lovely four-stage process. Mm -hmm. It's very simple and anyone can follow it. So the first stage is just to observe the voice. Ah, oh, that's interesting. That voice has come up. Now, I have a voice for my imposter syndrome or my imposter voice, and it's called Gordon. So I would tend to pick somebody that you didn't like or don't respect or you have no time for and you observe the fact that voice has come up. Oh, that's interesting. OK, what's really going on? And then for me, it's about reframing. So if, for example, I'm in a situation where I don't yet know what I'm doing and let's face it, I am often in those situations because I'm still learning in so many different areas of my life. Instead of me saying to my, or allowing that voice to come in that says, you're an idiot. Of course you should know what you're doing. I told you you were stupid. I reframe it to, this is a really interesting opportunity for me to learn. It's okay for me not to know yet. It's okay for me to explore this with questions because how else will I know how to do better in the future? So there's a reframe. What else could this mean? And then for me, it's about firing the imposter or Gordon and bringing in the coach. What thought would help me right now? What action could I take to take me towards how I want to feel? How can I remind myself that it's okay to get it wrong as well as get it right? And all progress is progress. It never needs to be perfect. So that's the part of you that, that encourages yourself, that coaches yourself through the situation or the voice and then it's to take a small act of courage. And in that moment where we take a small act of courage, we start to build our sense of competence and confidence. So to work with the imposter syndrome, it's not about getting rid of it. Yeah. It's about noticing it, reframing, bringing in your inner coach and taking small micro actions of courage. Yeah. So thanks a lot for sharing. So it's about uh, embracing posing and understanding pretty much how we can align ourselves to what yes. we are experiencing. Um, that sounds me to be a little journey, right? That we need to take yeah. in order to, you know, pretty much navigate in the complications that the imposter syndrome is causing to us. So yeah. that's very, that, that's very interesting. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot, uh, Lucy, for sharing uh, these uh, four steps. I'm sure that the audience will treasure uh, these insights as I will. Um, I have another question for you that I would like uh, to ask you because uh, um, when we had uh, our uh, check-in to make this podcast happen, uh, we talked about uh, how can we shine, and uh, I share with you uh, my personal uh, my personal experience uh, uh, talking about a whisper that uh, I can listen from deep inside and that can help me to be the one that I am today. Um, as you also are a coach. Uh, 
what are your perspective the most useful suggestions to help people unleash their potential and reach their best mm-hmm. aside from the imposter syndrome of course that can yes. happen absolutely so what you're talking about is being able to listen to your inner wisdom yeah and to trust that that inner wisdom has validity and then to get on your own side and do something about it because you know you're more than worthy so when we're talking about the ability to listen to our potential we're talking about our ability to also know that we're more than enough yeah me to help realize dreams aspirations Um, capability. For me, it starts with visualization. And one of the most powerful ways that we can visualize is through stillness, through sitting with ourselves, being able to hear those voices that are calling us to something bigger, greater, newer, um, is to visualize what that would feel like. If I followed that path, how would it feel? What would life look like? How would I act? What would I be saying? What would I be wearing? What would I be doing? What would life feel like? Yeah. And if that feels really fantastic, then for me, for me on a personal level, I find somebody that's walked that path beforehand and I want to learn from that person. How did they get from here to here? And one of the things that I notice the most when people are looking to make those shifts is a feeling of being stuck. Mm. And actually what we can do when we're looking to create shifts is take lots of little micro actions that will take us towards that path. We sometimes have an expectation that we're able to go from the bottom of the mountain to the top of the mountain almost instantly because that's what we're fed all the time. For me, I know everything is a process. And if I Mm. keep putting one foot in front of the other and learning and growing and being open and seeking out anything that will help feed that possibility of what I'm looking for to be created, that's what I'll follow. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot for sharing. And if we think about uh, admin professional, right, that uh, are one of the audience uh, uh, that you are teaching in your classes and in your workshops, uh, how can admin professional um, reach uh, this, ki- this, uh, uh, this potential? Do you feel that they needed to um, um, change uh, and the uh, perspective and uh, transition from a more transactional role to a more strategic one? How do you feel that admin professional can do in order to embrace uh, uh, their potential fully? Well, I'm working with a chief executive of the moment of an organization in the city yeah. who started out as a legal PA at yeah. that firm. So everyone's potential is unlimited. Yeah. What we need to do is to build our toolbox Mm. So courses, learnings, and for me, there's two biggest, the two biggest aspects to help us change our course professionally is find a mentor and hopefully find a sponsor. They're Mm. two different things. So coaches are people that talk with you. Mentors are people that talk to you. And sponsors are people that talk about you. Yeah. So if we are able to bring in these pillars in some ways, some way, shape or form into our careers, it gives you the hugest springboard and it gives it takes a village to build a great career. We can't do it on our own. Mm. So take the course, join the networking group and then look proactively. If you can afford coaching, great, bring in a coach. If you can't, mentorship is free. So look for a mentor and see if there's a sponsor in your organization that might be perfect to talk about you in the rooms you are not yet in.
Yeah. So the future is about building bridges uh, with those uh, people that can help us uh, unleash our potential and they can help us uh, to reach uh, such a kind of uh, um, uh, level of uh, uh, potential that you are speaking about. Uh, so that's very interesting. And uh, again, we can see we, we can say that these uh, uh, can be applicable. It can be applied across the different industries, across different roles. Right. Because uh, these are pretty much uh, this is the paradigm that we can uh, use in order to reach our potential. So thanks a lot, Lucy, for uh, for uh, sharing with us uh, such amazing uh, uh, suggestions. Uh, focusing now on 2024, uh, what are your future plans and projects, Lucy? What is 2024 heading to you? For me, 2024 is about two things. Uh, I always choose words of the year every year and that really helps guide me on my path uh, when I'm making decisions is is this going to help create the future I'm wanting to live in so there's two things for me one is impact and one is legacy mm. how can I make a greater impact in 2024 to more people how can I build a sense of greater potential um, and and how can I create more longer lasting legacy so there's two different, there's lots of different ways that we're going to do that. Um, but we're on our B Corp journey. So I very much hope we'll be certified next year. We have a lot of programs that we're launching next year. Um, everything from um, fundraising initiatives to um, huge training programs that we're rolling out uh, to mentorship programs, loads of collaboration. So for me, I think as I've got older, I think when I was younger, I was always scared of not having enough. And that was for lots of different reasons. And so I worked incredibly hard to make sure that I had enough for me, but I had enough for my daughter because I was a single mother. And I think now as I've got older, what I've realized where I get the most fulfillment from is creating positive impact that's lasting for those mm -hmm. that are around me in whatever yeah. possible way I can use my platform to do. And that's really helped shift from a sense of maybe from fear into a much stronger sense of faith and service. And that really keeps me motivated and passionate yeah. doing. Yeah. So we can say that uh, assignments may be temporary, but your legacy definitely is not. So yeah. that's that's why you are speaking about legacy and uh, that's what you want to build right in order to uh, let your legacy last forever to have an impact uh, to those that are around you and to the ones that will be listening to you and uh, that will be also getting your workshops and uh, your your courses and i will be sharing the link uh, um uh, of your website of your blog uh, in the description so uh, the, the audience can see uh, those kind of information uh, again in the description of the podcast so Thanks a lot, Lucy. It has been amazing to have this interaction and this conversation with you. I'm sure that the audience will treasure all your insights about what we have discussed today. And I'm sure that the people will be able now to get their potential with those suggestions that you shared with us today. It has been a pleasure to speak to you and I look forward to speaking to you again in the near future. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Marco.